or how many of you had snow in your driveway this morning? Oh, I know. Yeah, Lord, it's too soon. Okay. Hey, it's good to be with you all this morning. And uh, when Scott asked me to step in this morning, uh, he asked me to obviously fill in on the friending aspect. And one of the things that I am really passionate about is mentoring. And so I thought, wow, this is a great opportunity for me to share my passion this morning. And so bear with me. But I want to talk to you about the concept of mentoring this morning, because if I had to define mentoring, it would be this. Mentoring is a strategic friendship designed for the growth and development of both parties, consisting of one party more experienced than the other. There's some key words here. The first one is strategic. A lot of times friendships become just hanging out together and there's there's no real strategy. There's no real goal in mind. There's no process. And when I think about a strategic friendship, I think about opportunity to develop one another and to become more like Jesus. So it's a strategic friendship and where both parties are really experiencing growth and development as well. It's not a one-sided issue when we think about mentoring. And if I had a big idea this morning, then mentoring is a strategic friendship fitting into our whole concept of this series right now called Friending. Now, there's a lot of different ways mentoring can happen, obviously. Some of us have been professionally mentored along our journey, where we've had people in our lives, in our businesses or whatever, where we've come along maybe as an intern or as a newbie, and somebody's come alongside you and kind of shown you the ropes. There's what I would call parental mentoring, which is what most of us have experienced who have kids. We're mentoring our kids, and it's interesting to how, how does that work in terms of a strategic friendship, because we know that um, you can't be just a friend to your kid, but you also need to be a parent as well. And so sometimes there's this balance that's hard to juggle when you're raising your kids, but there's that parental sense. Then there's this generational mentoring where it might be a skipping a generation. For some of you, your grandparents, and you have a great opportunity to do a wonderful investment in the lives of your grandkids. So there's this generational mentoring that's going on, and I think right now, specifically, it's it's really a need in our country today. We're seeing high school students by the droves committing suicide. We have 20-somethings doing the same, and they say that the highest suicide rate today in America is a 40-something male person. And so there's a lot of need out there for people to be investing in each other's lives. So there's that aspect as well. Then there's what I would call spiritual mentoring, which is really nothing more than what I would declare as discipleship where you're trying to get that person to take one step closer to Jesus on their journey, and that's really what discipleship is all about. There could be marital mentoring, where uh, you as an older couple are maybe mentoring a younger couple through some difficult waters. So there's all different kinds of mentoring. There's also formal mentoring, which would be maybe by appointment, and it's very regular and consistent. And then there's what I would call informal mentoring, where there are just moments where you just need some advice, and you know that person you trust and love and admire, and you go to them and you get some help from them. So there's a lot of different ways to even construe mentoring. But in every mentoring relationship, there needs to be certain building blocks in order for it to be a strategic friendship. And this morning, I want to share with you about two guys, Paul and Timothy, who had that strategic friendship. Now, I'll give you a little background. If you remember, Paul was a church planter. He was a missionary, and he traveled all over uh, the the, the uh, continent, really trying to share the gospel of Christ. But he was, in the meantime, raising up young men like Timothy, who was a young pastor in Ephesus. Now, Ephesus was probably one of the most difficult places on the planet during that period of time uh, that uh, that Timothy was a pastor in, and he was a young pastor. 
And I certainly know what it's like to be mentoring a lot of young pastors. And so this is what Paul was doing with Timothy. And so they had this relationship that was really powerful. And so I want to share with you some concepts where Paul and Timothy really share with us some under, un, I guess, uncompromisable building blocks to what a strategic friendship and mentoring should look like. So let's look at 1 Timothy this morning, chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. It starts out where Paul says, I'm an apostle of Christ Jesus by the command of God, our Savior, and of Christ Jesus, our hope. To Timothy, the key word, my true son in the faith. There was something deeper about Paul and Timothy's relationship. Paul considered him like a spiritual son. He was like a, a spiritual dad in Timothy's life. And we don't know, uh, Timothy certainly had a biological father. We don't know anything about him. But we do know that his grandmother had a tremendous impact in Timothy's life. And so Paul kind of steps in here and you see that there's this love relationship that's more than just Timothy being a project in his life. He was calling him his son. There was a, there was a connection here. There was a level of intimacy. And, and so Paul really made Timothy feel special for who he was, not necessarily what he does. My point is this, is that in order to build the building block of trust in any mentoring relationship, you first have to establish a trust factor where you really, where they really understand that their love no matter what. Their love for who they are, because if all you're worried about is their performance in a mentoring relationship, you've turned that person into a project and not a person. So it's critical, and that's the way Paul treated Timothy. It was like he was a son. There were times where they parted, and there were tears shed. There was an intimacy between the two of them, a connection that was deeper, and that's what built the trust. And so the first building block of mentoring, I would say, is mentoring lays a building block of trust. A building block of trust. You know, I was thinking about some of the guys I've mentored along the journey, and I go back into my own life. Um, I was going to share that earlier, that the first guy that mentored me was a guy named Doug, and he was my youth pastor. And then there was Doug, and then there was Mark, and, and then there was Kent, and then there was Wally, and then there was other guys in my life. I could go on and name more and more guys that were really important in my life. And, and I really realized that the reason why these guys, I would go to them is because they loved me for who I was and they saw the potential in my life. And what's interesting is a lot of these guys, I would call them my son. First Timothy chapter one, verse three, let's move on and look at the second building block. As I urged you when I went to Macedonia, stay there in Ephesus so that you may command certain men not to teach false doctrines any longer, nor to develop themselves to miss and endless genealogies. He said, stay there in Ephesus. You know, Timothy, I think, wanted to bail out. He was really having a struggle as a pastor. And he was obviously ministering in what we would call modern-day sin city in Ephesus. And there was really tough times for Timothy. In fact, you remember there was another place where Paul said to Timothy, take a little wine for your stomach's sake, because obviously Timothy had some anxiety issues. And Paul was just saying, hey, hang in there. Look at what he says next. He says, Timothy, my son, I give you this instruction and keep with the prophecies once made about you so that by following you may fight the good fight. He says, Timothy, keep fighting, brother. I love you enough, you're my son, but keep fighting, don't quit. And I think the second building block that I see here in their relationship is that mentoring means being a great encourager. 
I think of the uh, number of pastors over my years of uh, doing consulting with a district, with a free church, and we had over 100, I had 600 pastors that I was actually responsible for to encourage, but on about 150 of those on a one-on-one relationship, I spent most of my time just encouraging these guys and building them up and just saying, hey guys, hang in there. There was so much discouragement. We had over 450 house guests in nine years of pastors and wives that would come that were either tired, burned out, frustrated, feeling like their ministries weren't fruitful, and we spent most of our time just building them up, encouraging them, giving them a pat on the back, fight the good fight, hang in there, guys. Isn't it great when you have somebody in your life who's willing to be that cheerleader, who's willing to say, come on, hang in there, fight the good fight, I'm with you, I love you, brother. And that's the way Paul dealt with Timothy. I see another building block here. And there's actually two, I think, represented here. But let's just start with 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6. Mentoring is under, excuse me, for this reason, he says, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. One of the things that he did is Paul knew Timothy's uh, giftedness. You want to move that, go back to that other slide that I blew by? Mentoring is understanding how people are called and gifted. It's really a critical component to it. And that starts by being a good listener. Being a good listener. Have you noticed that people love to be listened to? You know, people want to talk about themselves. And a lot of times mentoring is nothing more than just being a good listener. Listening is one of the greatest gifts we can give to somebody. And by that, Paul understood and listened and understood where Timothy was gifted. And he wanted Timothy to fan into the flames of those particular gifts. I recently had a young man come to me in this church who's 17, and he said, Pastor Tom, would you mentor me? And I I know him a little bit because he lives near me uh, in our neighborhood, but I don't know much about him and always liked the young man. But a couple of weeks ago, as I was mentoring him, I said, you know what? I would like for you to do something for me. I said, I want to know, and I want you to tell me what your strengths and weaknesses are. Well, he had a few things on his mind. I said, well, let's do this. Why don't you take strength finders? I mean, some of you know that particular uh, test. It's a great test to go online. You can take it. And it just kind of evaluates where your strengths are and where your weaknesses are. And it just helped me to understand where this kid was coming from. And that's being a good listener and finding ways to understand who they are and to see how they're wired. It's really an important aspect of mentoring. And that's about being a good listener. Well, let's move on to building block number four. Building block number four, and that is this. Mentoring requires prayer. Look at 2 Timothy verses 1, 3. I thank God who I serve as my forefathers did with a clear conscience as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. There has to be a prayer component, I believe, in a mentoring relationship. And what's really exciting here is that Paul said, I am constantly praying for you. So there's two building blocks here I see. One is, is that of prayer. And the second one is building block number five. Mentoring requires consistency. If you pray consistently for that person you're mentoring, you begin to see results. And if they know you're praying consistently, it's really a powerful tool. I know uh, my wife and I obviously pray for our grandkids. But one of the things that I do differently than my wife, because she prays every day, but on Mondays, I pray for Gracie, my, my one grandchild. On Tuesday, I pray for Isaac, my second grandchild. On Wednesday, I pray for my kids, my son and daughter-in-law. And then on Thursday, I pray for my grandson, Ryan, my other grandson. And on Friday, I pray for my granddaughter. And I'll text them on those days and say, I'm praying for you today. 
Remember, this is your day. And I'm hoping that somehow that my grandkids will understand how important it is that I'm praying for them every day. And it's fun to see how God uses that in these kids' lives. So there's two things here I see here. There's a matter of prayer and there's a matter of reliability. What, what Paul was trying to tell Timothy here, he said, look, you can rely on me. I'm there for you. Even when I'm not present with you, I am praying for you constantly. And you can trust that. And when you have somebody you're mentoring, and even if they're not a believer, and they know that you're praying for them, it means a lot to them. Prayer is a key component. And then reliability is often the other piece. And I'm thinking about you as a parent, perhaps, as you mentor your children or your grandchildren, are they seeing those consistent relationships being built in their lives? So consistency and prayer are two more building blocks. And then it's also 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. We're going to look at the sixth building block. This one is pretty familiar with a lot of you folks over the years because this is often used as a verse for discipleship. But Paul says to Timothy, look, he said, And the things you have heard from me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable men who will also be qualified to reach others. He's saying, look, if you're going to be a mentor, the, one of the key components is reproduction. You don't want your relationship with that person to stop in that relationship. You want them to take that on to the next relationship and the next relationship. And it's, by, it's called the principle, obviously, of multiplication. And so Paul is saying to Timothy, look, Timothy, I'm not just pouring my life into you because you're a faithful man. I want you to pour your life into other people so that they become faithful and do the same. So there's this great chain reaction. One of the things that's been really fun for me to watch is after I left my church after 24 years, there were two guys on our staff who I felt like had great potential, and my wife and I had been mentoring these uh, our staff people, and she was mentoring all the wives, and I was mentoring the, the husbands. And what was really exciting, when I left after being the founding pastor after 24 years, I had raised up a couple of guys that I thought would really do a great job in leading the church forward. And it's been really fun to see how those guys have taken hold. One guy is the lead pastor there now, and the other one was Eric Dalrymple, who some of you know, who we support here as a missionary, because now he's the head over all of the uh, the nation of Africa as the national leader. And it's been just a delight to watch these guys reproduce. Especially, I, I think about Jason, where Jason decided to start a program at our old church called MIT's Ministers in Training. And guys that were interested in ministry and were just kind of raw around the edges, but really were faithful men, they began to pour themselves into it. And now two of those guys are on staff at the church. It's fun to see how God uses people to reproduce. And there's nothing more exciting than to see that happening. So, um, centering needs to be reproductive. So those are the building blocks that I see Paul and Timothy illustrating to us this morning. And I want to ask you to think about that in your own life. The relationships that you have right now with people that maybe perhaps you're mentoring, are those also prevalent in, those, in that relationship? Now, over the years, I've learned a lot about mentoring. Right now, I'm mentoring six different guys and um, from age 17 to 55, and it's just a joy in my life. But I've learned a lot over the years, and I want to just share some things with you that I've learned. And number one, it's such an honor to be asked to be a mentor. You know, over the years uh, in my life, it was always hard for me to ask because I thought, why would they want to spend time with me? 
Well, I, what can, uh, you know, they're busy people, so on and so forth. But when people ask me if I would be their mentor, it is an absolute joy. It's a thrill. It's an honor to be asked. Here's the second thing that I've learned. I can learn just as much as the person being mentored. You know, this 17-year-old that I'm starting with, man, my kids are 40 in their 40s. I haven't been around a 17-year-old for quite a while very much. And I'm learning a lot about gaming, video gaming. Oh, my goodness. But I'm learning, and he's teaching me as I'm going along. I think of all the mentoring relationships I've been in, I have learned probably as much or more than perhaps maybe the person I've been mentoring. It's a mutual experience. Healthy mentoring is a mutual experience. And it's not just one person saying, I've got all the answers and you don't. So here's what I, here's, I'm going to dispense all my wisdom on you. That's not what mentoring is all about. It's about a mutual relationship of spiritual growth and development. Here's the third thing. Mentoring holds me more accountable to my own disciplines. Mentoring is, it makes you step up. You've got to be consistent. You've got to be reliable. You've got to be praying. Just recently, I had a, a deputy come to me. It was probably about six months ago. And, and he said to me, he said, you know, Tom, I got a buddy in Phoenix. He's now a pastor. And I know that I accepted the Lord way back in young life, but I, am, I really need to step up as a spiritual leader because my wife is not a Christian. I said, well, cool. So what are you doing about it? And he said, well, he gave me this book, and it's called Kingdom Man, written by Tony Evans. And I said, how long have you had it? He said, well, I've had it a few months. I said, have you read it? He said, no. I said, well, you want some accountability. And he kind of, oh, yeah, okay. And so I said, okay, well, listen, here's what I'm going to do. I said, I'll buy the book, and we'll read it together. And I'll, I'll read it, and you read it, and I'll text you, and we'll get back and forth and see what God's teaching us about it. He said, that sounds cool. Well, it's been really fun because he finally just finished the book, and God's leading him. We just got, to, my wife just uh, and I just got to drive down to the Verde and, and see his brand new baby and pray for his baby and pray with his wife. And uh, it's been really fun to see how Jason has really grown and developed. But it's also held me accountable because I had to read the book. You see what I'm saying? It helps us to be more disciplined. That's why I strongly believe in, in mentoring. Here's the fourth thing. There's nothing more exciting than to those you have mentored to grow and develop and be all that God wants them to be. I go way back years ago, and when you're in youth ministry, you always wonder what these kids are going to turn out like, and you pour your heart and soul into them. But we had a young man named Jimmy who was about 15, and his family had abandoned him, and so did his brother, who was actually taking care of him and was his guardian. And we got a call from the school, and the school said, hey, would you and your wife be willing to take this kid in? We said, yeah, we'll take him in. Well, it was a journey. Uh, we treated him just like a son, and he grew up in our family for those uh, two or three years until he graduated. And there were some difficult times with Jimmy. You know, in fact, we even the state police thought that maybe he was dealing drugs, and so we were being followed by state troopers around town. It was an interesting experience. And then Jimmy graduated from high school and joined the Army, and we never heard from him for how many years? Maybe 20 years, huh? And then one, I think it was around Thanksgiving, I get a phone call. And he said, hey, this is Jimmy. I said, Jimmy, are you kidding me? He said, yeah, I wanted to call you and say thank you for the investment you've made in my life because I'm a pastor in South Carolina. I get goosebumps thinking about that. 
You see, when we invest in people's lives, we never know how God is going to use that time. I have told many, many youth pastors over the years, I said, guys, you know, I know that you work hard at teaching and teaching Bible studies and giving good curriculum and all that kind of stuff, but you know what the kids are going to remember if they were loved? That's what they're going to remember. And I think about Jimmy because Jimmy remembered that he was loved, and he thanked us for that. And I can tell many, many more stories about people that we've invested in over our lives. Here's the fifth thing. A great part of mentoring is just having fun together. Sometimes we're, we get so task-oriented, maybe with our relationships, that we forget to just have fun. And I know for a lot of relationships that I've had over the years, we've well, usually done things together or, or found places where we have common, common goals and common interests. And you just try to figure out where can we just have fun and not always make it all about, you know, task and all about transformation. It's just enjoying one another's fellowship and company. And I think about over the years with our grandkids, how every year we have what we call the cousins camp. And so grandma and grandpa would take our four, our grandkids, and we would go do some thematic retreat with the kids. And um, I don't, and the kids remember those, those days because um, we had fun together as grandma and grandpa. Last thing I remember, uh, I've learned over the years is that here's mentoring has created some of my deepest friendships. That's why I define mentoring as a strategic friendship. And one of those friendships is here this morning, and, and I would just like to have him come out, and I'd like to just share with you, because one of my favorite people on the planet is Jamie. And uh, Jamie and I met each other about seven years ago. And uh, I met him at a birthday party for my grandson when Jamie was actually leading a small group of junior high boys. And when I met Jamie, I was so impressed with this young man. Uh, he just, his heart just really touched me. And I saw his humility and his teachability. And so we became friends over the years. And now for seven years, we've been loving on each other and learning from each other. And it's just been an incredible relationship. And for me, it's just been a huge blessing. And I hope it's been a blessing for Jamie. So I'll let him talk. Jamie. Oh, yeah. Thanks so much, Tom. Appreciate it, man. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think one of the things that it's been the biggest for me has been um, that, you know, uh, growing up, my dad and I were really open and he's really honest, um, but, you know, wasn't really there in my life growing up. And uh, when we had met, you know, God was still mending that relationship with my dad. And I'm just convinced God has brought certain people in my life to be able to fulfill that role, just to be a spiritual leader in my life and to love on me and just help answer questions and listen. And um, I, I am convinced that, you know, God brought me uh, you as one of those people. And I really do look up to you as, you know, like a spiritual dad. So Marin and I are so thankful for you and Lynn. And um, you just, you mean the world to us for sure. Yeah, no, my wife has really loves your wife too, like a daughter. And it's uh, been really fun over the last seven years. One of the things that's been fun to watch is that when Jamie came and he started worship, leading worship at Cornerstone way back, um, how many years ago has it been? Seven? Yeah, it's been seven. Yeah. And, uh, and he was raw talent, you know, and you could tell, but his heart was so pure. And frankly, I've, I've been around uh, churches and, and done 
a lot of consulting over the years, and um, and I'm a musician myself, and I have never seen a worship ministry grow and develop like Jamie has has done, and it's just been fabulous to see how God's used him and grown him. And I just sit back with a grin in my face every week and saying, "Boy, my this young man has really gifted, and God has been really really blessing him." But but what's really exciting for me is to see how Jamie's reproducing. And so, Jamie, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, one of the best examples um, I could think of is uh, Chris Arnold. Uh, he's our music director, and uh, and so it's just been great to see. Uh, he's actually been mentoring, uh, or I mean, he has been um, uh, interning for about a couple years now, and it's so cool because he's really open with his testimony. He shared some of that on a Sunday here that uh, he actually came from a recovery place in town and was just going through a really hard season. And years ago, we were able to get connected, and um, God just allowed me to you know be able to pour into his life and. Uh, just, you know, he was able to build some trust and just show some faithfulness. And what Arnold's been doing has been amazing. And I think the best thing about it has been that he's now, you know, if you look at that that pyramid with that, you know, uh, reproducing at the top, um, he's now pouring into people on our team. And he's raising up somebody else, uh, Maddie Priola, who plays bass with us, uh, training for music directing. Uh, we also have Caleb, who we like to call behind-the-scenes hero, which actually, you, can we embarrass Caleb? He's running the soundboard, and he's in high school. Can you guys just give him a round of applause and show him some love? So just, you know, those examples of, of God kind of showing them to raise other people up. And now Caleb's looking for somebody to raise up and, and teach and kind of keep that going. God, don't you think that's a biblical principle? You know, multiplication is so important. And, um, you know, we look at our culture today and we just see uh, people lonely, as Scott has been talking about in terms of friendships, people that are just dying for somebody to listen to them. And I really think that if we're going to change the culture of this country, it's going to be one-to-one people listening to others, praying for them, encouraging them, building them up. And I really believe that's where life change is going to take place. Well, what's really been fun for me, too, is even though I'm an old duffer, and uh, Jamie's a young buck. Um, I have learned so much from him. And he has given me advice along the journey. He's listened to me along the journey. And it's just been really fun to not only be able to encourage him, but he's such an encouragement to me. And that's the blessing of uh, of mentoring relationships. So I want to thank you, brother, for being a part of my life. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's my honor. And I just wanted to say real quick, because you know I'm a talker. We both get together and we joke that we're both talkers. Um, but, uh, it's just, I think one of the things that's meant the most, I just forgot to say last service was just how real you are. Um, I think that when I think of mentoring, it's helped me to learn how to mentor people by just being okay with sharing them if it is a really hard season. And when we get together, like you said, uh, I've heard people say, Hey, this is a, a two way road. I'd love to, you know, pour into your life, but it's a two way road, but then their actions just don't show that. And your actions have always showed that. And it means so much because if you're going through a hard time, I just appreciate being able to hear about that. And it just really helped me open up the door to share with you when things were hard because I know you were honest. And so um, that's just been such a blessing. Thanks so much, brother. Let's give Jamie a hand. We just love him, right? Amen. Thank you. Let me uh, just ask you some questions today. Uh, My hope was is that I could share something with you this morning where maybe a few of you would just grab onto this concept a little bit more and to maybe be a little more intentional. And so one of the questions I would ask, is there perhaps somebody in your life right now that could be your Timothy? 
That, that, that could be uh, uh, somebody in your small group. It could be uh, somebody that, you know, some kids on the neighborhood. It could be your kids, your grandkids. But as God has, has wired you, you bring a wealth of experience and love and wisdom into some people's lives. And God can use you in a marvelous way. And so I want to encourage you, if there's somebody that's maybe God's put on your heart, um, and just, you don't have to say, hey, can I mentor you? No, I mean, it's all about kind of just kind of easing into a relationship and a friendship and begin to grow and grow together. And it's just a powerful, powerful way to disciple people and to grow people and to grow yourself. So is there a Timothy in your life? And then ask, I want to ask you too, is there a Paul in your life? You know, we're never too old to have a Paul in your life. I remember hearing Gordon McDonald speak one time, and he has a, had a mentor. Gordon is probably uh, several years older than me now. He's written many books, and one of the things he said that impressed me is that he has about an 89-year-old mentor in his life. And I have a, a kind of an informal mentor in my life. His name's Bob, and he's almost he's 82. And, uh, you know, we're never too old or too young to not need a Timothy in our life. We all need that encourager. We all need that person to say, fight the good fight, hang in there, right? Somebody we can rely on and trust in and know that they're praying for you. It's so incredibly important. So there's an old saying that says every person needs a Paul and a Timothy in their life. And I really believe that. So I want to challenge you to think about that. And then I just, uh, so I want to give you these next steps. And uh, number one is I would like for you to just pray about a mentor for your life if that's what you need. Maybe some of you right now are feeling like, you know what, I could, I could really use somebody in my life. Somebody I can trust, somebody I can rely on. And you may have somebody in your mind right now. You, there'd be somebody, again, in your small group, your small group leader. It might be somebody that you just totally respect and you're afraid to ask. And you say, you know what, I really just need that in my life. Would you be willing to do that? And I guarantee you that person will feel like it's an honor. They will be humbled by you asking that. So pray about if you have a mentor in your life or about either taking also on the challenge of maybe perhaps being a mentor, being a Timothy or Paul in somebody's life. You know, is there somebody that's God's put on your heart that you really care about and you really love and you've had a relationship with them and yet, you know, you haven't made much contact. There's been not a lot of consistency and yet, you know what, it might be that grandchild. It might be that son. I had a couple come to me after the first service and said, you know, I've got a grandson. I've been texting and I just feel like um, he's tired of my texts. And I said, you know what, maybe it's time. And he said, yeah, I'm going to start trying to go face to face and really start spending more time with him and just be a friend. You know, he said he's I'm preaching at him too much. I said, well, then back off and just be his friend. Just love him like a grandson. I had another couple come in here and say, you know what? We're working with big brother and big sister. And, you know, I've just read in the newspaper this past week on the, in the Courier where it said that the big brother and big sisters are crying for people like you who would take some young person in, under their wing and begin to love on them. There's a need out there desperately for mentors in this world today. And like I say, I've not called it anything more than a strategic friendship. That's why we call it friending. That's why I really believe in the powerful thing. And I'm going to just share one more story because it's an emotional one for me, but I just feel like it's important to me. You know, there's nothing more gratifying in life than to be mentoring somebody and seeing how they've grown and developed. And Jamie's a great example. But i got to share one more. My son... My son is so proud of him because he was a challenge to us, no question. 
But God is using him right now with a guy named Bob Hoyt. Bob's from the Heights Church. And they started a Bible study for, for guys who are in rehab. And they have over 40 men in their rehab group Bible study. And they're seeing God doing an incredible work in the lives of these guys. So they, got, they didn't want to stop there. So they decided we're going to start a thing called Elements. And the Elements is basically uh, an emulates a 12-step program. And so they have a meeting every so every Wednesday, I believe it is, Wednesday night. And, and we went to one of their meetings, and my son said, Dad, you're going to feel really out of place. You're going to really stick out here. Because we don't have any tats or, or colored hair, you know, or piercings or anything like that. And it was just 200 rehab people were in that that room that night, and they heard a testimony of a gal who was going through her fourth step and how God had radically changed her life from meth and heroin and drug addiction and alcohol addiction. And I just marvel at that. And when I walked out of there watching my son and daughter-in-law participate in that and be leaders in that, it just kind of said, you know what? God, it was worth it. All the frustrating times, him growing up, in high school, and how God's using him and his wife right now to really minister in many different ways, but in that way, and specifically, it was just a real blessing in my life. So God is just, that's why I'm so passionate about it, because it's so much fun to see how you've been used in your life to invest in somebody else's and to see God using them to, to really make a difference in the kingdom. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for the honor it's been to be able to share with these folks. And God, I pray, my prayer has been all week long, that you would raise up some more folks who would just get a burn under their saddle, who would just just feel like energized and say, God, show me who it is. I want to pour myself into somebody's life, and I have something to offer, and I want to love on them. I want to love on them for who they are. And so, God, I pray that, if nothing else, this morning, that there will be some folks who will walk out of here saying, I know just the person that you want me to spend time with. And so, God, we just pray that there would be some great stories in the days that are ahead in the lives of these folks. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the audio from Cornerstone Church in Prescott, Arizona. For more information, visit us online at www.prescottcornerstone.com.